You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. So today I have Jamie Lima on the line. Now, Jamie has been in the game for quite some time. He is the president of Woodson Wealth Management. Jamie's career began with Morgan Stanley back in 2006. Then he later joined Fidelity Investments in 2011, where he managed assets for high net worth families and businesses. And during that time with Fidelity, he also spent several years coaching and training fellow associates. So he was the trainer of the people that you probably use now, <laughs> um, and, and particularly in the California region. And to that end, he brings over 20 years of financial education and hands-on experience in the financial services industry. He holds an MBA and he's also a CFP and he's been a CFP for nearly a decade and when i tell you cfps because i studied y'all it's they know their stuff okay um <laughs> so i'm honored to have him on the line but first before we get on our conversation i just wanted to plug in our sponsor because we couldn't do it without them so the sponsor for today's episode is jasmine mortgage team now jasmine mortgage team is one of the top 10 women-led mortgage lenders in the nation with over 20 years of experience girl power <laughs> um they um, specialize in refinancing, new mortgages, cash out refis, um, primary, secondary investment homes. They work a lot with investment companies um, and people that just want to have rental properties. So I love Jasmine Mortgage Team because they really care about the people that they serve. So you can find them at jasminemortgageteam.com. Again, that is jasminemortgageteam.com. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jamie, for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having awesome. me. Awesome. 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 So, you know, before we hit record, you know, we have our little conversation or whatever. And I was like, you know, we talk a lot about retirement on the podcast. I'm like, you know, Gen XYZs, we hear a lot about retirement. We know we got it. What are some other things that we should be thinking about or doing now to set ourselves up, you know, for now and then the future other than putting in retirement accounts? Sure. Great question. And um, how much time do we have? I'm, I'm, okay. Uh, there's, there's a lot. There, there's, a, there's a lot. And, and I, the, the clients that we work with are exactly the, you know, the, the people that are listening to us now in that call it 35 to 55 year old age range where there are a lot of spinning plates, right? There are a lot of things that are going on where, um, you know, you're, you're probably trying to prepare your, for your own retirement and trying to you know, take care of mom and dad and take care of the kids at home and you know get little Susie and little Johnny off the soccer practice and ballet class and all these other things and then and the easy thing to do is simply contribute to your workplace 401k plan and put that on autopilot and then turn around and walk away and maybe even make some contributions to things like your individual retirement account if you qualify to do so but there are a lot of things that we work with our clients on that have nothing to do with the retirement planning. And the, the very first thing that I, I thought of when you asked me that question is, is estate planning. 
And that's a, that's an area that we help a lot of our clients with. And so for those that don't know what estate planning is or even conceptually what that may know conceptually what it is, but um, the, the nuts and bolts of it are setting up things like wills and trusts and then also getting things like healthcare power of attorneys in place and financial powers of attorney that are that are very, very important documents. And, and because. And even for the younger folks that are listening that are maybe or the parents of younger folks that I know that I have a lot of people that have 18, 19, 20 year old children and they don't have any of these documents either. And it's very, very important to have specifically for for anyone 19 and older, at least here in California, um, over over the age of 19, mom and dad can't speak on your behalf any longer due to things like HIPAA laws that are put in place and so on. So having a financial power of attorney, a healthcare power of attorney that are in place, even for someone that's 19 years old, is incredibly important. As a matter of fact, my stepson Brandon turned 19 yesterday and we literally printed out those documents for him and made him sign them. And he will be going to a notary this morning to make sure those documents are signed. <laughs> you like no games, like well, you turned I mean, 19 it was yesterday. On my calendar to make sure that it was, it was taking place. Yeah, absolutely. That is awesome. And I'm so glad you brought estate planning up because like you said, a ton of people, like most people I come across, they do not have any of these documents set up and really, you know, they're like, oh, well, I have my beneficiary set or I have, um, you know, this, that or the other, but it's not the full package. And having the full package is super important. And especially because, like you said, HIPAA laws and stuff, if you're sitting on your hospital bed, you know, who's going to say whether to pull the plug or, exactly. you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I give that example all the time where, you know, you, you've sent little Johnny and little Susie off to college now, you know, ballet class is over and they're in college, but now they, you know, they get there. Something happens at a frat party on Saturday night, you know, whether they're nearby or whether they're 3000 miles away off at college, you don't necessarily get to step in and tell the doctors, you know, what, what, what to do, so to speak, you know, and, you know, if you watch those, you know, the, the medical shows that are on TV and everything else, they they don't always follow that program, right? It doesn't work that way. You mom and dad don't necessarily get to d determine what, what happens. Mm -hmm. And I will also add in there, too, if you have kids. So like for me, um, I have kids and I have a house and I have all these things that solely depend on me, <laughs> you know. So um, I was like, I have to get my documents in order for sure, for sure, because one thing, one common misconception, which I have to correct people on, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but putting kids as beneficiaries. What oh. are your thoughts on that? Oof. That's, <laughs> a, that's, a, yeah. that's a tough one. Uh, putting kids on, on, on accounts as beneficiaries can, can be a little bit of a disaster sometimes. Now, if they're older, you know, they're, they're well-established and, you know, they have a good head on their shoulders and so on. I think it's totally fine. What we what we usually do, as, and when it really as it relates to beneficiaries, especially if somebody has a trust that is established, and again, that's that's something we help all of our clients with. We actually work with a company called Will and Trust. I don't know if that name rings a bell or not, or if you know, anybody know if you know heard of this company, but we can actually walk walk our clients through the process of setting up uh, their their entire estate plan as part of the the services we provide. And if if you have a trust that's in place. Usually what happens is we ask that you typical, let's just talk about a typical family here. You know, you have a husband, a wife or a partner and a partner. You would name the spouse as the primary beneficiary and then the trust as secondary beneficiary or the, or the contingent beneficiary. And by, by doing that, 
assets will pass by what's called operation of law to the spouse. And then if that, you know, if there's a tragic accident and both, both pass away, then the trust would take over. And if you have young children, having somebody manage your trust assets and manage the trust and within that trust, you can say, I don't want little Johnny and little Susie to get the money before the age of 35. I don't, or they can get 25% at the age of 21, 25% at the age of 30, and then their, their residual balance at say the age of 40 or something, whatever, whatever your, you know, uh, your wishes are, but having a trust to be able to outline that, a legal document, outline that, and then have somebody who comes in as a trustee to manage that trust and distribute those assets at the right time, uh, That that's, Sounds a little more complex when I when I say it that way, but the reality is it's, it's incredibly simple to set up and incredibly simple to establish, and it can go a long way making sure that the 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 assets get distributed at the right time, in the right place, and the right people. Right, right. Now, so if I have someone listening right now, which I know there are, because I get this question a ton, um, if they have minor children, so these are children under the age of eighteen or under the age of the majority in whatever state they are, and um, they're like, you know what? If I pass, I want all my money to go to my kids, and they put their kids under eighteen or whatever the age is as the beneficiary of their account, what happens to that money? Well, I mean, technically the, the money goes to them, but with them being a minor, they could go off and buy it. I mean, they could go off and buy a jet ski with it. They can go off and buy a Corvette. I mean, there's there's really no control. You you, you, have, you lose you lose the, the control, right? And, and the beauty of having a state plan, I, and I say this all the time, having an estate plan in place is you maintain control from the grave. Right. So and it's a little bit morbid to say, but you can and that's that's exactly what it's designed for. It, and But it can go it can go sideways. I mean, especially if the assets, if there's a you know, we, you set up a checking account, a simple, a simple checking account for for uh, the minor and those assets pass to the minor. It's a blank check effectively. Gotcha. Gotcha. So if you're listening and if you have your kids as your beneficiaries for life insurance accounts, what have you, definitely check that out and make sure that's really what you want to do. Um, I mean, if the, now if the child's, if the child, I'm sorry to interrupt, but if the child is, you know, three yeah. years old, there, you're going to have to have somebody in place to be able to control those assets and make sure that child is cared for. Right. I mean, a three-year-old's not going to make sure they have food on the table, and the, you know, if after you've passed. So having some, and you're missing all of that. If and and sometimes what'll happen is, you know, the courts will have to decide who's going to control those assets on behalf of the child, and that can be a very long and expensive process. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I was leading to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so thank you for saying that. Um, you don't want the courts to have to determine all of this stuff for you um, after you pass away. So that's another reason why having these estate planning documents is so important. OK, so we hit on estate planning documents, sure. super important. And all the X, Y and Zers that are listening, please make sure you have those in place because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, now, what else do we need to be thinking about? other than our retirement account and then our estate planning documents? I think the biggest thing that I've been talking with a lot of clients about right now is is also managing taxes, not just at one point during the course of the year, at you know, April 18th, that it was, it was April, tax filing date was April 18th this year. It's not necessarily managing in, <clears throat> taxes in the first quarter of the year. It's managing taxes throughout the course of the year. A lot of, a lot of firms out there will... will in, invest money on their client's behalf, and then they 
do what they're going to do throughout the course of the year. And then come November, December, they look at the portfolio, see where they may be able to do what's called tax lost harvesting. And that's it. We, we manage taxes throughout the course of the year because as you can see what's happening with the stock market right now, now may be the most opportune time to start selling some assets, being able to harvest losses. And if the market recovers throughout the, in the remainder of the year, we can offset any gains that are in the portfolio and continue to rebalance. And by rebalance, we just mean that we're making sure we have the right mix between stocks, bonds and cash in, in the portfolio. So managing tax throughout the course of the year is, is incredibly important because you just never know when the best time is going to be. And, and a lot of, I mean, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are not anticipating tax law, taxes to be going down anytime soon. And they probably struggle managing, they're probably making good money now and, they're, and, and taxes are becoming a challenge. Maybe not so much if you're just starting off because you, you're, you're not in the higher tax brackets just yet. But as you go on and you're starting to make even you know a single person making over a little over a hundred thousand dollars, you could be you know in the 28 percent tax bracket, and that's that could be some serious taxes. So, we I would encourage everyone to make sure they're looking at their portfolio, and 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 um, and I can explain the concept of tax tax loss harvesting if you like, but uh, that that's something we do throughout the course of the year, and and not just one time per year. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, there is one thing that I do want to hit on in regards to taxes, because, you know, the goal is to pay Uncle Sam as least as possible. Um, (laughs) um, But also looking at income taxes. Right. Um, Because I know my background's in HR and I know that a lot of people don't even pay attention. Like if you're a W-2 employee doing your W-4, it's super important instead of just putting zero or one, you know, (laughs) comment misconception, um, you know, actually doing the worksheet and, you know, doing that part. So that way you can get the right amount of taxes taken out, because a lot of people think it's fine. Well, I guess it is fine. But people think the goal is to have a refund (laughs) every year. And yeah, I would rather have my money throughout the year. (laughs) Absolutely. And you you mentioned two. And that's that was the the point I was going to follow up with is you're not trying to give Uncle Sam a tax-free loan. Your your job is to manage taxes throughout the court, the withholding throughout the course of the year. So at the end of the year, you're effectively getting nothing back, right? You've you've been able to use that money. Uh, that money's been in your pocket throughout the course of the year. And I don't. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with this, but the the IRS has changed that form. And as with any government entity, they've made the simple things difficult. So so they've went and changed this form. And I've had to go through and fill it out myself over the course of the last last couple of years, and it's not as easy as it was before. They're basically they're basically controlling how much they withhold. So, I would say as you get into you know call it September or October, maybe even maybe August August or September, heading into the last quarter of the year, it'd be a good time to look at your pay stub, review you know how much is being withheld, and there are a lot of great tax um, tax estimators that are out there. I know. Um, for for I've used I've used a, a couple of them that are online that are available out there where you can literally start you can put all your information in you can put your you know most recent ta- uh, uh, pay stub information in and it'll give you a, an estimate of this is what you know you sh- you should have withheld so far this is what, and, and so on and it can give you a gauge of whether you should be you know trying to withhold more or um, or or make some adjustments to to, to that form. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Because I feel like that. And that's why I brought that up. And I did the zero and one thing, because a lot of people don't even realize that the form did change. Like now I want to say it's like dollar amounts. It's really weird. Um, And so just giving people the the. Okay, let's go ahead and look at this because, you know, Tiffany and Jamie are talking about this today. Let me go ahead and look and see and make sure that I'm not paying more than I'm supposed to. And now is a perfect time, too, because tax season is over, you know, if you didn't do an extension. And so you can see how much you owed, you know, how much you got back and then kind of make adjustments from there as well. Um, So I'm so glad that we went over that. So we covered retirement. We covered estate planning. We covered taxes. Is there anything else that will set us up for success as young people? <laughs> uh, there, there is. It's kind of in, in the thing of all things we've talked about, which is another big thing we've been talking with clients about a ton is is Roth conversions. Looking at in your traditional retirement account assets and and converting some of those to Roth uh, individual retirement accounts. Uh, maybe do maybe if, if your plan allows for it, converting some assets in your 401k to to the to the uh, Roth uh, 401k. It, it, again, it just goes back to raise your hand if you think taxes are going down anytime now or in the future. And a lot of people will, especially, especially when they're just starting off, they just default to whatever the 401k plan that they're in uh, defaults to. And, and usually that's a traditional 401k contribution. And then time goes by and they have all their the monies, all their money in traditional assets, or they've made a contribution to the traditional IRA outside of the plan, and they have no Roth assets. And uh, for those that don't know, the benefit of having a Roth is you may pay taxes today, but your distributions coming out, you know, in the few after the age of fifty nine and a half, your distributions coming out are, are tax free. Whereas the with the traditional retirement accounts, the individual retirement accounts or, or your 401k, you get a tax benefit today, but you pay taxes later on. And after the age of 72, you're required to take minimum required distributions. So the IRS is gonna come knocking and say, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you, know, you need to now start taking distributions out because we've, we've, we gave you a tax benefit years ago. You've had a tax benefit all this time. Now you have to pay your dues. Right. Absolutely. So, so having some assets in, in both traditional and the Roth accounts, and then you have your, your regular brokerage accounts. You, I tell people all the time, you have more tax levers to pull in retirement. And it gives you an opportunity, again, to control taxes then, because you can take a little bit from each account and try to keep your taxable income down. Yes, yes. So if you all didn't get that, he's saying just diversify a completely different way. We talk about diversifying all the time. And that is another way that you can, again, diversify your retirement portfolio. And that's by having some taxable assets and some non-taxable assets. So that way you have choices when it comes time to take the money out. So thank you so much, Jamie. This was phenomenal and you spread so much good information. So if people were interested in finding out more about you or getting in touch, how would they find Great you? Great question. Thank you so much. Uh, so our web- website is Woodson, W-O-O-D-S-O-N-W-M. So WoodsonWM.com. And I'm one of those where we don't do 800 numbers here. So if somebody wants to call or text, they can just call me directly. Or, or my phone, my direct, my cell phone is 
So you can just send me a text and, and, you know, we'll, we'll chat about whatever questions you have, or if anything we talked about today is, is a little fuzzy, I'm happy to, you know, cl- you know help clarify and, and uh, make sure you're on the, a better path or a firmer or a firmer path moving forward. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And if you all didn't get that information, as always, we will have it in the show notes. So definitely check those out. Thank you so much again, Jamie. This was great. And I'm sure that my audience had a lot to take away. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you. Get to work, guys. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening, joining and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient. <laughs>